Have you ever wanted to start your very own podcast? Sorry, that's a dumb question. Of course you wanted to start your own podcast. Podcasting's amazing. Head on over to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use promo code GAMEPINIONS. And then you, that's right, you listening to this right now, you can have a free month of podcast hosting service. And also, if you take that promo code, you can also get a free month of stats so you can keep track of that podcast that you're working so hard on. Blueberry is incredible, and the features are simply amazing. I don't have time to talk about them, though, because I have to start my own show. So after this episode of Game Pinions, make sure you head on over to Blueberry.com, look up what it is all about, use promo code Game Pinions, and get started on an adventure of a lifetime. Welcome to Game Opinions, episode 14. I'm your host, Calvin, and today we're having a brand new episode of Game Opinions. So, this is going to be an episode that's mainly geared to E3 this year. However, I have some housekeeping I have to do. There's not going to be a lot of news stories this time around. Uh, that's just, you know, not something we're going to be focusing on today. However, we're going to have probably a lot of news come tomorrow because there's a Nintendo Direct scheduled for tomorrow. So uh, for the episode on, or no, no, that's actually today. Today's the Nintendo Direct. So there's a Nintendo Direct scheduled for today. So we're probably going to have an episode that will be produced tomorrow, posted on Friday. Uh, and I plan to have that on February 15th, which happens to be my birthday. So I'm going to have some memories of uh, of gaming birthdays past, gaming memories of birthdays past. I think that's 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 kind of where I wanted to go with that. Um, so we're going to, uh, yeah, have a, a little birthday special episode. Um, part of the reason to do that is because I feel like I, I missed out on Christmas this year. I really wanted to make a, a Christmas-themed podcast. And, you know, obviously we'll get to do that next year, and it's going to be awesome. But um, I wanted to, to kind of take advantage of these, like, little special occasions and you know, my birth is kind of, you know, instrumental in me living. So I figured that would be a good, a good way to, to kind of incorporate that into a podcast episode. And, um, you know, Game Pinions isn't just about news stories that are going on. Like it's, that's something that I talk about just because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting warmed up and all that, but there's going to be episodes where it's more opinion based and more, you know, just like topic selected. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's, you know, that's more of a organic type of, uh, of topic and it, it kind of matches game opinions more, but obviously news will always be uh, an interest of mine of like the things happening around the industry. But, you know, once, you know, the news kind of calms down, a lot of things are just going to be mainly uh, opinionated topics. And, and that's, that's kind of the direction I want to move in. Um, but like, like I just said, though, news is always going to be a key point to game opinion. So, um, I'm going to start this episode off with some housekeeping. That's what all the cool guys do, and I want to be just like them. So we are going to um, – so we already covered that we're going to have an episode birthday special on February 15th, which will cover the Nintendo Direct, um, assuming that there is something good announced at the Nintendo Direct, which I'm really hoping for. 
Uh, we'll talk about that more later on in the show. Um, and I wanted to go ahead and say that I am currently working, and it's actually launched right now, but it's not like officially launched in terms of the the different benefits that you'll be able to get. However, I am starting a Patreon account. This Patreon account is really going to just be for support, but you'll also get some perks like you can submit topics and you can submit uh, comments, and you're also going to get a Patreon-exclusive podcast called uh, Game Opinions Undusted. It's basically going to be more obscure games, not really, I guess maybe not really super obscure games, but basically I'm going to go back into my library and I'm going to look at games that, you know, they, they don't have to necessarily be classic games, but just games that I guess I either enjoyed or didn't enjoy or, you know, maybe wouldn't enjoy today or maybe would enjoy today. And uh, yeah, they might not necessarily be the best games, but they at the same time, they might not be the worst. And I'm basically going to determine whether or not we're going to leave them undusted, put them back in our collection, or if we're going to dust it off and possibly play them at some point. So it's kind of it's just kind of like a, a little smaller themed podcast that it's basically just going to be my backlog. And once that's up, then I'll, I'll start a new project and that will be probably a Patreon exclusive as well. Um, so it's just kind of a, a podcast that doesn't really fit on my main feed. And I think it's just something fun. It's bonus. It's extra content for you guys um, if you're really enjoying this. So I'm still working on the tiers and all that. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to make a killing off you guys. I'm not trying to to throw. Hey, pay for this, pay for that, pay for that. Because I, I don't. I don't personally like that. You know, I don't. I don't want to to make you guys feel like you can't get the full experience without that. So most of my efforts are still going to be on the on the normal Game Pinion show. But undusted, you'll get four free episodes of that. Um, well, I guess not really free, but you'll get four episodes of that a month if you pay for. Um, if you pay for that tier. So um, that should be the base tier. I'm not sure how many tiers I'm going to have at this point. Uh, I'll know more about that once I get into, uh, once March hits actually. So everything should be finalized by March. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Basically the, the goal here is to kind of make back the money that I'm spending on hosting so then I can invest that money into something else. Um, so if I can kind of make this hosting cost go away, you know, it kind of frees me up to do other cool stuff. And, and that's that's kind of ultimately the goal. And, uh, you know, I'm going to set goals on there. But um, I'm, I'm just I'm really excited about it, though. I think that, you know, you know, we could we could definitely make some noise on there. And, um, you know, I just want to continue to to really improve and make the show something really special. And I think we're going to have some big changes coming up that I think you guys are going to really like. We're going to be more active on YouTube, which is going to be really exciting as well. So enough about me. Tell me about you. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to throw this down your throat, but I just wanted to talk about it. Keep you guys updated in case you were curious about, you know, kind of what was going on behind the scenes. Um, so I'll have more details on that. If you're interested on that, um, later in the month, uh, closer we get to March. I'm really excited about that though. It's, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I also wanted to just talk about some things. Uh, I have an update on the PlayStation one classic, which is really unfortunate, but Man, that system is now forty dollars. I was in I was in Walmart the other day. It's now marked down to forty dollars. That's like almost bargain bin type thing. That's what people thought were gonna was gonna happen to the NES Classic, and it's happening to the PlayStation Classic. It, it's gonna it's forty dollars. How low can this thing go? It's like the the Fallout seventy six of uh of classic game consoles. 
like oh my god that's that's like cheaper than the uh the sega genesis um plug and play systems that they have in the stores right now like man sony really dropped the ball on that and i mean i've i've heard like really bad things about the ps1 classic you know not only is the game selection not great but it's also not optimized and it's it feels like the apparently the the emulation is very poor um one thing i can say about the uh nintendo uh entertainment system classic edition and the snes both of them have stellar emulation better than what the wii u put out and uh they're very functional machines you know we we had a ps1 not so classic i think that was episode seven we talked about that so i don't want to get too you know involved with that but man 40 dollars. it started off at 100 can you imagine if you paid a hundred dollars for this if you if you paid a hundred dollars for that little machine and now it's 40 dollars? man that that's bad and the thing is you know i heard i heard multiple people say this so i don't want to take credit for this but you know, they said when you're when you're on top like Sony is, you're not going to to take all the little details into account. And the PS1 Classic could have seriously been something amazing. It could have been, you know, almost like PlayStation TV like, where you could still connect to like a online library of PS1 Classic games. And you could buy them separately. That could have been a serious money maker for Sony. That could have really been like a serious line for them. So it just seems like they really dropped the ball. And they, they dropped the ball in terms of the controller. They dropped the ball in terms of the pricing. I mean, $100 for this machine. And it's just so poorly optimized. Apparently, there's some sound issues in some of the games. Um, I don't know if that's due to compression or just you know poor emulation. I'm not sure where they got these games from. I don't know if they're the original, if they're the, even the, like, the original uh, the game or not. I don't know. It, it's just It's really puzzling how bad they made the system it's almost impressive really how bad they made the thing but um you know at this point collecting purposes i just don't know if there's really much there if you want to have a little playstation looking thing to me the best thing that system's going to serve is on your shelf as a, a cool looking collector's piece but in terms of a functional gaming device uh it just doesn't have that like i feel like the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, and we're gonna we're gonna hop in here and and go into uh, what I'm playing right now. I'm actually playing those two machines, and I do have a Switch, and I do have the NES games on there. I really wanted to play Castlevania though, and I wanted to have an NES controller because I actually never played on a legitimate NES controller before. So I've been I've been seeing these at the store, and I was just like, man, I, I really want that NES Classic because. I actually have a Famicom Classic, and I got that as a Christmas present. Super awesome Christmas present, by the way. Um, it was oh man, it's so it's really cool. Like I, I love these little machines because they look just like the you know the the systems that they are. And I have that one, but the controllers are so small. The games are in Japanese, and you can still totally play these games. There's probably only a couple games in there that you probably couldn't play just because you can't understand what's going on. But it's just, it's a it's a mega cool system, and I understand why they did it the way they did. It's hardwired in. It doesn't have like the the Wii the Wii remote connector, um, like you know the nunchuck connector cable to it. So everything's hardwired in on that Famicom Classic. The controllers are to scale to the system, so you can dock them in on the sides. So I understand why they did that. But I wanted to I wanted to have an actual NES uh, Classic because I just think they look so cool. And I feel like there's kind of like a second kind of cool with these machines. Not only are they completely functional, the games hold up really well because, I mean, they're they're so simple. Like, there's not a lot of crazy stuff going on. 
And this this applies to the the Super Nintendo as well. They're both just super functional. The controllers are really nice. You're, you're not feeling like you're limited in what you can do because you literally have everything at your disposal. And they just they look nice. They play nice. The emulation's beautiful on them. The games are super fun. I've been playing Castlevania on the NES Classic and honestly have just been completely addicted to it. And I've been playing, uh, what's it called, uh, Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo. Completely addicted to it. Like, if I was in a situation where I just, for whatever reason, could not have, like, an actual game console, these little guys would actually keep me entertained for quite some time. And, of course, you can probably uh, jailbreak them and stuff like that. I don't really have any want to do that. You know, I feel like there's enough games there that I'm completely content with that. Um, but if this was all I had, like, honestly, these are these are really cool little systems. And if you have, you know, even younger kids that you know, don't really have a system. You don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on getting them a game console. These are actually legitimate starting systems that you could have. And there's some really hard games on there that I think kind of help build a, a skill set that can kind of translate to, you know, these, these newer games that are out now. But I, I just, I love these little machines. Honestly, really do. The NES classic is awesome. I really want to get those wireless controllers for the NES or for the uh, switch. It's i uh, I'm really impressed with that. Um, I just feel like with the PlayStation Classic, obviously you have that controller and the analog sticks are not on it. It's not the, uh, you know, the, the dual, the dual, I don't think they called it a dual shock back then, but, um, you know, the twin stick, whatever controller they called it. Um, it's just, uh, I think they call it the dual analog. I'm pretty sure that's what they called it, but it's, uh, it's just really disappointing. Um, cause just, I mean, you feel like you don't have all the tools at your, uh, at your uh, disposal for those 3D games. But with these two systems, they're fully functional. They look amazing. I mean, the build quality is pretty darn phenomenal. You know, they, it's just, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of collectability with these uh, machines, but they also, they also just work super well. So I've been really enjoying that. I've been playing that. I uh, did try out the new Apex Legends game. And uh, I gotta say, man, I'm, I'm, really not good at first person shooters on a controller anymore. Um, that's pretty much been confirmed. Um, it's not like I'm good at them on PC either, but it's just the aiming with the analog sticks is so difficult and I just, I can't get a kill in that game. I think I've played probably about 20 matches. I have still have not gotten a kill. The most damage I think I've done in a match is like 193. It's like, how am I getting 193 on this guy and not killing him? I don't understand. But it's actually really fun. Uh, my opinion of it is that it's uh, it's better than Fortnite. I mean, I just think that Fortnite is... I feel like there's not a lot there for me to really enjoy in Fortnite. And I, I don't want to, you know, sit here and bash the art style in Fortnite. I feel like that's just, you know, kind of counterintuitive. But, man, it definitely makes a difference when you don't feel like you're fighting people in Toontown. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not... It's I just don't really have anything that I can pull from Fortnite that I really like. And this is coming from someone that likes not really realistic art styles. You know, I like Breath of the Wild. I love that. That art style is such a, a nice, refreshing, um, you know, step away from all these really dark and realistic looking games. It's nice to explore an open world that is just so artistically done. You know, it's just beautiful. So, I mean, that that's 
something that I really do enjoy. Fortnite, though, to me, there's just, I don't like the art style. I don't like how the game feels. It feels like a really rushed, cheap game, and it feels like a free-to-play game. This this uh, Apex Legends feels very similar to Titanfall. If I had to compare it to something, it's a little bit weird, but I kind of I kind of make it when I play it. It reminds me very much so of Overwatch, and just the overall feeling of how it feels to control. I'm not quite sure why that is, but um, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's weird, but you can obviously with like the sliding mechanics and stuff like that, you can kind of feel like Titanfall. Um, I do kind of wish they had the grappling hooks. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty interesting combination. The graphics look great. You know, obviously there's some, some nice looking like water and, you know, the environments and stuff. There's a lot of places to hide. The first person perspective I think is really nice. Um, but I mean, there was, there was an instance yesterday when I was playing, I was actually playing last night after getting off work and I was hiding underneath these, this like staircase. And I feel like in Fortnite, you can't really get away with that that much. And I'm so happy there's no building mechanic. I hate when you're trying to fight somebody and they just start building stuff in Fortnite. Like, it's just, oh, come on, guys. Like, why? I just, I don't like that. It's just, for whatever reason, it just never really resonated with me. But this game, I, I think it, it's pretty cool. Um, I still have the same opinion on Battle Royale games. They're definitely um, beneficial to some people. Um, if you're in a situation where you can't really play for a long time, you can pick up, play a couple matches, and then kind of set it down, and you don't really have that, you know, you don't really have to dedicate a lot of time to it. You can pretty much dedicate as much time as you want to it, um, and that's that's kind of one of the reasons why I like Rocket League so much. You can kind of just pick it up and play it and, you know, get back to how you were. Um, so I definitely see the benefit of it. I just personally still am kind of like, eh, not really something I want to dedicate a ton of time to. But um, I definitely see the the appeal, and I think this one definitely, in terms of in terms of quality, this one's dripping with quality compared to Fortnite. So um, the mechanics are just much more sound. It's a tighter experience. Um, you know, it actually feels like you're you're playing an actual game. Um, to me, Fortnite just never felt like that. So uh, impressions on that so far, pretty good. You know, for a battle royale game, I think that it's uh, the best one that I've played so far. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll probably play a little bit more, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's kind of addicting once you start playing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to update you guys on that. Cause I know last week I said that I was not interested at all and I'm still not super, super interested, but it's still something fun that I can play with friends. So, uh, yeah, um, this next one is a little bit sad. This is probably one of the only news stories that we're going to have today and there's not really a ton of details on it. Um, but this is the uh, Activision Blizzard. They're laying off 775 people, which is roughly 8% of their staff. I think that if you're going to do exactly 8%, it's probably somewhere closer to uh, 800. Um, but I think the exact number of people that at least confirmed <laughs> from whoever is uh, 775. So that's that's a lot of people. Um, apparently this isn't really from the, uh, game development staff though. I think this is people that are doing the, um, I guess like the, the marketing or something. I, I forget what they, I, like, I can't really remember. Um, but it wasn't basically the, the in-game or the on-game development team staffs that were being released. It was kind of the people that were in charge of other aspects, um, of, I guess, running a game company. So, uh, this is basically... 
um, what their president said. And uh, he said, basically, currently the, the staffing levels on some teams are out of proportion with our current release state. Uh, I mean, sorry, release slate. This means that we need to scale down some areas of our organization. I'm sorry to share that we will be parting ways with some of our colleagues in the U.S. today. In our regional offices, we anticipate similar evaluations subject to local requirements. So it's very strange because later on in this article, and this was, I got this from Kotaku, um, later on, he went ahead and was saying that, I guess, uh, that this was one of their, their best profitable years. I think it was a record number of profits, but he said they underachieved and they're making changes to leadership. So it's it's a little bit strange, right? Like why make a ton of changes after a record year? You know, you don't usually see like a, a sports team that has, you know, a, a record season make a lot of changes to the coaching staff unless the coaching staff is like, you know, getting hired elsewhere for his like, you know, main, you know, head coach positions or something like that. So seeing a company like achieve something that they've never achieved before, but then that, that not being good enough. Uh, I guess, you know, you have projections that if you don't hit those, then changes have to be made regardless of, you know, historical context. So it's really strange. There's a lot of weird things going over at Activision right now. You know, we still had that bungee situation uh, probably, what, a couple months now back. So there's some weird stuff going on over there. And obviously, um, it sucks for these workers. You know, you definitely don't want to ever see that happen. Um, every time, you know, there's a mass layoff in companies, you always have to think about, you know, how these workers are going to be. Um, apparently there's going to be a really nice severance package. Um, they haven't really disclosed all the details, obviously that probably is something they're going to keep just between them and their employees. Um, but there's going to be, there's going to be a severance package where, uh, I think it's also like almost like, a assistance in finding a new job and stuff like that. So that's, that's nice to see them doing that, but, um, it's, it's sad. I mean, obviously whenever you're leaving a place that you put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into, you know, you're going to, you're going to be really upset. And, uh, apparently there was people crying in the parking lot and it's just awful. It's awful to hear that. And, uh, you know, definitely my thoughts go out to them and I hope that they land on their feet and hopefully they land up with uh, a company that won't lay them off the way that Activision is doing this now. So, you know, that's, that's one of the, I guess, crappy things about owning a business is that you have to make decisions and it's not always going to benefit the workers. But, you know, it's just, uh, man, it's businesses is really, really, you know, cutthroat. And this just kind of, you know, shows that um, it's it's everywhere. So, uh, yeah, really unfortunate situation. And definitely, like I said, my thoughts go out to those guys because it, it sucks. I mean, uh, if you have a family and all that and you know, even if you don't have a family, you know, you're leaving a, a place involuntarily. Um, it's yeah, it, it just sucks. So definitely feel bad for them. Um, but we're, we're actually going to uh, move on to the main topic of the day, um, and that's going to be E3 2019. So there's just been some news stories coming out. Sony came out yesterday, and uh, they made some statements that were kind of crazy. Um, then we also have some looks at Nintendo and Xbox and what maybe their plans for E3 are going to entail so, E3 2019. So, PlayStation's game-making division head, Sean Layden, gave a reason why Sony was not heading to E3 this year in an interview with CNET. So, he was asked, 
you're not the first big company to bow out of big E3 of the big E3 video game show in June. But I'm curious why you chose this year to drop out. And this is what Mr. Layden had to say. He said, when we decided to take video games out of CES back in 1995 during the PlayStation 1 era, E3 served two constitutes, it served two purposes. How about that? Uh, God, I can't talk today. Uh, Retailers and journalists. Retailers would come in, you'd see a guy come in and he'd say, I'm from Sears and I handle Hot Wheels, Barbie, VHS, and video games. So what are you about? There was a huge educational component. Then you had journalists who had magazines and lead time and jockeying for a position on the cover. And there was no internet to speak of. So a trade show at that time of year for this uh, Nauset and industry <clears throat> was exactly what we needed to do. Now we have an event in February called Destination PlayStation, where we bring all the retailers and third-party partners to come hear the story. The story for the year. They're making purchasing dis- dis- uh, discussions in February. June now is too late to have Christmas holiday discussions with retailers. So retail has really dropped off and journalists now with the internet and the fact that 24 seven, there is game news. It's lost its impact around that. So the trade show became a trade show without a lot of trade activity. The world has changed, but E3 hasn't necessarily changed with it. And with our decision to do fewer games, bigger games over longer periods of time, we got to a point where June of 2019, was not a time for us to have a new thing to say. And we feel like if we ring the bell and people show up here in force, people have expectation. Oh, they're going to tell us something. We are progressing the conversation about how do we transform E3 to be more relevant? Can E3 transition more into into a fan festival of gaming where we don't gather there to drop the new bomb? Can it just be a celebration of games and have panels where we bring game developers closer to fans? And they asked just like, you know, is it almost like Comic-Con? He said, yes, that's probably the trajectory it needs to go to maintain relevance. So really interesting stuff there. Um, I think a lot of people took this as him bashing E3, um, but he actually does later on in in Game Informer interview, um, he actually stated that just because they're not here this year doesn't mean they won't be there in 2020. So obviously I think Sony will make a return to E3. Um, I feel like companies don't really value E3 as much as they used to. Obviously Nintendo dropped out a long time ago in terms of doing their traditional onstage um, pre- you know, press conference. And they've done more of a Nintendo Direct. They like to have the control. And you also don't have to pay for you know, having the uh, the stage. So it's uh it's it's definitely interesting though. I think that the fact that Sony hasn't showed up definitely makes it a lot more interesting to see what these other companies are going to do. Um but obviously it's Sony is not showing up because they're going to let this PlayStation 4 market just kind of do its thing. Like why come out on E3 show off a PlayStation 5 and then make your PlayStation 4 sales suffer from now to when PlayStation 5 is you know going to release. So at this point, they're not ready to show PlayStation 5. PS4 still has some exclusive games coming out. And 
you know, you just, you just kind of sit on it. Let people, you know, just let people run their course with all these new games that are going to be coming out on PlayStation 4. And then when you're ready to take on that that role, you just announce the PlayStation 5 whenever you want. It doesn't have to be at E3. It can be wherever you want it to be. So, you know, I definitely agree with some of the things. I mean, obviously, I think I'll always have some nostalgic feelings around E3 and what E3 kind of represents. And, you know, exciting to see what's going to be happening on this console that you purchased. It's almost like you get to see where your investment is going. And, you know, I always loved E3. That was always a really exciting time. I feel like last year's E3 wasn't amazing, but I feel like when E3 is great, it is really, really great. And I think that, you know, there's just, I don't know, it's, it's almost like, you know, a gamer's week of like Christmas or something. You know what I mean? It's just, there's, there's something really, really special about seeing someone go up on the stage and seeing the crowd reaction. And, uh, it's, uh, it's something that I'll always kind of hold. I know that E3 is a very outdated event and they haven't changed much, but I feel like, you know, a lot of the things he said, you know, it's, it's kind of true, but I think part of the magic about E3 is because, you know, you've all this build up throughout the year and, you know, it's like, what are they going to do? Like, what are they going to show? We're going to see things that we've never, you know, we don't even know are in existence. So, you know, that's, that's something that I think I'll miss because I feel like that is slowly but surely going away and announcements are just being made whenever, you know, companies are having their own events and they're having the spotlight solely on them. If you release something at E3 and it's not super stellar, you're, I mean, you're going to kind of get washed out by other announcements. So uh, I can definitely see the benefit of having their own events, but I'll always miss having that, that big E3 event. So Sony has this viewpoint on E3 and it's, it's really just because they don't have anything to show. I mean, they've showed everything. There's no point of them going up, spending all that money, just to have people disappointed that they didn't show off a brand new game or the PlayStation 5 or something like that. So you look at their perspective on things, but then you go to Xbox. And this was back, I think, at the end of uh, January. And this was an episode uh, 633 of the Major Nelson podcast uh, from Digital Trends. Phil Spencer said, this is going to be a fun E3 for us. There was some news about E3 in the fall, and he was referring to to Sony uh, not having, you know, the the press conference. We had a discussion internally. Should we go big? Should we save some money? We decided no. We're going to do our thing, and we're going to go and be as big at E3 as we've ever been. And I love that opportunity. So there's a lot of things I think Microsoft could do here, and I think this is a, a prime time to show off their new system and obviously there's some risk involved in that because now playstation can sit back and watch they can see exactly what microsoft is doing they can make a, a more powerful system they can price it differently there's a lot of things that they can do now which kind of gives them an advantage however i think this is going to be really interesting and i think that i'm going to just make a, a prediction here i think that microsoft at some point during their uh conference I think they're going to bring somebody from Nintendo on stage. And I think they're going to have a really crazy announcement. It might be something for crossover. Or it might be something a little bit more interesting than that. Maybe it'll be NES Online coming to Xbox One. Or the new Xbox. And then maybe we'll have some features from Xbox Live coming to Switch. I think we're going to see something really crazy. I think these two companies are super in love right now. And I think we are going to see a mobile Xbox platform 
And I think it's going to take the shape of Switch because Switch is kind of in its own market in a way. It's kind of doing different things than what these other consoles are doing. Microsoft clearly wants to to outdo Sony. And I feel like Nintendo, you know, could benefit from having people on a different platform pay for their NES online service. And I feel like people would actually do that. So you're kind of opening that up. You'd obviously have cross-platform play now with the NES online. I think we're going to see something crazy like that. But Microsoft also has the ability to come out here, show off the new Xbox. And if they have things up their sleeves in terms of games with all these brand new game development teams that they've acquired and all these new publishers, they have a really big chance to do something special here in a year that Sony has to remain quiet. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see what Xbox does. If Phil Spencer says they're going to be as big as they've ever been, it seems like he has a plan that they're going to go all out. So this generation is pretty much going to be over. So they're going to have to do something now to either kickstart this next generation or to close out this generation. To me, I lean more towards they're going to do something to kickstart this generation. They have an opportunity to establish momentum. And that, honestly, when you think back at the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One era, the momentum started for PlayStation 4 really at E3. PlayStation sat back, saw what Xbox did, Don Matrick, and I actually, I said Cerny last week, but it was actually Don Matrick is what I was talking about in terms of Xbox. Um, Don Matrick basically gave PlayStation a blueprint on what not to do when they had their conference the following day. So... This time, Sony's not going to have that benefit. Microsoft is going to have an opportunity to really start momentum going for this new system. And they have an opportunity to get ahead. And I think this is going to be a really interesting E3 for Microsoft. I think they are the most um, the most interesting company going in there. Because you just don't really know what they're going to do. Now, we move off into Nintendo. Nintendo will be at E3. That's already been confirmed. But what are their plans going to be? I think it would be very interesting if now that Sony has dropped off, if E3 like strongly encouraged Nintendo to take stage again. And I feel like Nintendo definitely has an opportunity to do that. So Nintendo has games that have already been announced and haven't been shown off. We're going to have a Nintendo Direct today. Later on today, we'll talk about that on Friday. But they're going to have a Nintendo Direct today, and it's going to cover some of these Switch games. They said Fire Emblem Three Houses. That's kind of their their first one that they've listed. But it's possible we'll see Animal Crossing or maybe Pokemon or Luigi's Mansion Three. Um, it's possible we'll see some of those games. But here is just a list, a small list of games that Nintendo has announced but doesn't have a release date for. So we have Animal Crossing 2019, that's coming out this year, uh, Core Pokemon RPG, Bayonetta 3, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Luigi's Mansion 3, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Metroid Prime 4, which is no longer in development. I still had that on the list. Um, so I, And I included that in there because I just wanted to note, I think that they might try to do something special today at their Nintendo Direct because Metroid Prime 4 is not going to be coming out. I honestly would not be surprised to see a potential announcement for Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Nintendo Switch. So we will see. I have a hunch that that might happen. I wanted to include that in there because I think that's an opportunity for them to do that. 
which I think is really interesting. Um, then we have Town, which is a, a working title by Game Freak, which is supposedly releasing this year as well. Um, that one I don't really remember ever hearing anything about that, but hey, that's kind of cool. So this one's interesting because Nintendo is going to go to E3. You wonder if E3 is going to possibly push Nintendo to go on stage. Like, hey, you guys should go up there. Or maybe Nintendo wants to do that. Sony's not there now. You know, I think they're going to find themselves on stage in some way, shape, or form. I think we'll definitely see someone from Nintendo on Microsoft stage. I think we're going to see a bombshell announcement in terms of that. But this is in a fiscal Q&A. Nintendo Entertainment Planning and Development General Manager Shinya Takahashi had this to say. And this was, this was a couple... Uh, I guess it was probably last week that they talked about this. And he basically said in a response to like a software development related question, he said, I've heard some people say we have a tendency towards slow development, but that's certainly not true in every case. We have titles currently in development that we haven't announced yet, some of which we're preparing to release this year. I don't anticipate the kind of delays that they would be concerned about. So, this is really interesting, and this is why I kind of tie this into E3. Is it possible Nintendo goes to E3, gets up on stage, not only do they have these other games that they can show off, but they're going to have titles that they've never even talked about before. And these could be major titles. This could be, you know, potentially, who knows, maybe Breath of the Wild 2. I, I doubt that's the case, but, I mean, they could have some serious games that they are planning on announcing. So. That to me, like what what better place than E3 to do that? If Nintendo and Microsoft are going to go all out, what better place? And I feel like Nintendo, they had a they had a decent Switch year last year. I mean, obviously they still had a good a good year, but it was considered not great compared to the first year they had in terms of their games that they released. These games that are unannounced yet, I have a feeling they could be something special, and I feel like there'll be games that maybe not. It probably won't be released this year. I think they'll probably show off the games and then be like, all right, well, it's going to be early, like 2020 or something like that. But who knows? It's definitely possible. This could be another major year for the Nintendo Switch. And I feel like this year was really shaping up to be a really strong year for them anyway. Obviously, having Animal Crossing, having Pokemon, you can say whatever you want about those franchises. They are both exceptional selling franchises for Nintendo platforms. People are underestimating, I think, how well those games are going to sell on the Nintendo Switch because people people missed out on the Wii U. They didn't get it. But now I feel like there's a much bigger market on the Switch. These games, I think, are going to sell astronomically well. And I think they are going to... I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Just look at Smash Bros. sales numbers. For an exclusive game, that is pretty darn impressive when looking at the numbers. So I feel like this is a, a, this is a prime opportunity for Nintendo to go back on stage at E3. I mean, obviously, if they had a Nintendo Direct and they do a great job there, too, I think that's still cool. But I just think in Sony's absence, what happens with these other two console manufacturers is going to be the most interesting storyline at this year's E3. And I just honestly can't wait to see what happens. So um, we had we had some Twitter topic of the day things. Um, we're going to go ahead and just uh, skim through those real quick. Um, but I think that's I think that's just really fascinating in terms of what Nintendo could potentially do. Um, we're also there's also speculation, by the way, that p potentially Mother 3 might be able to uh, be released on possibly the switch. 
Um, I guess the Earthbound creator played, I guess, Mother 3 for the first time as a, uh, as a gamer. And last time he did that with Earthbound, it was released on the Wii U eShop. So people are kind of speculating. It's, it's just, it's so weird that the game hasn't been released, but you know, we'll, we'll definitely see that and see what's going on with that. Um, but now we're going to hop into the Twitter topic of the day. We have some tweets here and we're going to go ahead and read some of these off. So this is from Glide at Glide FRVR. I wanted to go to E3 this year, but PlayStation won't be there. I feel like I wouldn't be getting my money's worth. 2020 will be the year I go. And this actually made me kind of curious when I read this. And this is the, the main reason why I favorited this on, uh, on Twitter. Because this is really interesting to me. I wonder what the E3 turnout is going to be now that Sony is not going to have a presence there. Because... Sony's kind of like, you know, they're they're winning in this console race right now. Their fan base is massive. So now that that isn't going to be there, I wonder how many people are going to just skip out themselves. I feel like that's really interesting. And I don't know. I mean, I honestly I honestly don't know because I feel like a lot of Sony fans also like third-party games, so I feel like they'll they'll go there for third-party um you know, like EA, and I don't, I don't even know if EA is going to be at E3 this year. Um, but, you know, they're going to go for the third-party games as well. But, yeah, I mean, if your favorite company is not going to be there, you know, much like much like how at Glide FRVR is, you know, I could definitely understand not wanting to go. Like, if Nintendo didn't have any E3 presence at E3, I mean, I'd still probably go. Just because, you know, I, I want to, you know, I really would love to go to... Uh, to uh, <laughs> I really love to go to E3 at some point, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd kind of feel that way too. So this is uh, Fatal the Hype Master at MLT saying, I've always said I would love PlayStation and Microsoft to have a Nintendo Direct style videos with announcements in them. It would be incredible. But even Nintendo shows up to E3, even when the effing Wii U was dead and they had one game to play, Zelda Breath of the Wild. They still went. And similar to what I was saying earlier, like I understand, but the thing with Nintendo still going to E3 with the Wii U is that they didn't really have the Switch yet to show off. And the Wii U was also doing so bad that it really didn't matter at that point. They already made up their mind to move on. At this point, Sony to me is smart just not to say anything. There's already games coming out on the PS4. Those are the games that PS4 is going to get. And like why further complicate that by coming in there and just showing off things that people already know. It's like there's not really a huge benefit. Like people know what they're going to get and it's just it's have to wait for them. So I mean, I completely understand. I just think it's a completely different situation where Nintendo really had nothing to lose. And they were just there because they needed to be. And to be fair, those years really weren't that great that Nintendo still showed up. I mean, they, they just didn't, the Wii U just never really was able to get its feet under itself. I mean, it was just like, I mean, I know it's a console and it doesn't have, you know, limbs. But no, I mean, it's just, it never really was able to establish itself. And even those E3s to me were very weak by Nintendo. So, I mean, props to them for still going, but... 
you know, I feel like PlayStation, it's really unnecessary. It's more or less redundant for them to show up with these games that we already know about. Like, it's nothing's going to change. So, um, this is uh, BY2K at the BY2K. Layden went on to also say that the E3 uh, has instead become a place where fans expect big announcements, which doesn't always line up with PlayStation's current strategy of creating video games. This is such a weak spin to say we don't have S <laughs> to announce until PS5. But I mean, it's it is, I guess. But it also, like I said, it makes sense. Like, why why go there? You know what I mean? Like, it's it just doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what they meant, though. We don't have anything. PS5 is, you know, we're going to announce that when we are ready to announce it. But right now we have to to ride out these, uh, you know, we have to ride out these PS4 games that are coming out. You know, that's basically what they have to do at this point. So, um, and then here's the Breh at PlayStation Breh. Uh, well, there it is. Sean Layton via his Game Informer interview. That's the conversation we're having in real time right now with ESA. Just because PlayStation is not at E3 19 doesn't mean we won't be there in 2020. No way they miss out on showcasing the PS5 at E3. No, no way. Uh, I agree. I'm sure they'll be at E3, but I feel like they're going to announce it at their own event. Um, and then we'll just see it again at E3 next year. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're at E3 in a different uh, place. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the I actually, the, the main thing that I, I typed in here to, to pull up this topic was E3. So we have one that's not related to Sony. Um, and someone said, I think there's a 50-50 chance of Animal Crossing tomorrow. Uh, I, read, I favored these yesterday. So they're talking about today. If it's coming this, if it's coming in spring of 2019, they'll show it. If it's coming later this year, they still might, but it could be an E3 reveal. Uh, I hope not. No, honestly, I feel like they will show something about Animal Crossing off. Um, I wonder if that game will be delayed. <laughs> that's that's like that's that's like my my primary concern. I wonder if it'll be delayed. I feel like after Nintendo had a delay Metroid, I feel like Animal Crossing isn't going to be that case. You know, I think they're going to definitely get that sorted out. Um, so I definitely would. Um, I, I think honestly, I think we're going to see something to do to do with it uh, during the the direct. So uh, I I would I would kind of get my hopes up for that. You know, I'd, I'd kind of bank on that. So um, I'm 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 actually really excited for that game. I think Animal Crossing is going to be awesome. So hopefully we don't have to wait till E3, but you know we'll we'll definitely see. I think it'd be really cool if they just said um, in the direct today and Animal Crossing, they show us like the, the trailer and they show us gameplay and they're just like, and this is available right now. And like, that'd be awesome. I, I doubt it'll happen, but um, it would be really cool if it did. So that's going to close out our Twitter topic of the day today. Uh, you guys, once again, uh, thank you so much for listening in today. And uh, I'm going to have another episode on... Friday so look forward to that on Friday it'll be a nice birthday special episode um, but I'm pretty sure I talked about everything I wanted to talk about today so uh, yeah I will see you guys in the next episode in episode 15 we are uh, at that point going to be 5 episodes away from episode 20 so we'll try to do something special for uh, Game Pinion's EP 2-0 so thank you guys so much for listening in I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day until next time, I'll see you.